It's been an amazing five weeks, and as we enter into week number six, I, I gotta tell you, wow. You know what it's amazing is you think about it, over a thousand people reading the same thing at the same time, growing through God's word and the red letters of Jesus and his promises throughout Scripture fulfilled in the lives of his people, a God who comes among his people through his word. He tells us, he speaks, he's the word made flesh. And to have over a thousand people intentionally reading together and growing together through that word of God. At the same time, to have over 300 adults in in small groups, in large groups, and studying and going deeper with what they're reading and, and being challenged along the way to put that into practice, as Jesus said, my words. That's not to mention the, the, the kids and the children and, and children's ministry from Sunday school to, to uh, Lighthouse on Sunday nights, our, our high school students on Sunday nights, as well as, as uh, school kids during the day and, and the red letter challenge that's being applied in, in our day school as well. Hundreds more kids and, and families being touched by the love of Jesus and experiencing what it is to walk and, and be together through his word. It's been amazing days. I, I pray you've been blessed through it and as uh, God is encouraging us and, and challenging us as well through these days. Um, I want to show you a picture. This is one of my favorites. Um, when you think of over 300 people, uh, it's hard to even make that out, but this is a better shot here. And um, you think of over 300 people in small groups. This is one of the small groups that meets every week. Um, this is a group that meets Tuesday mornings. Um, this is made up, and, and I love this, I think there's seven different nations represented around this table as part of the international uh, lang second language school we have on our, our campus that meets twice a week, you know, 50 to 80 uh, people who come from the community to learn English as a second language. Well, this study meets uh, an hour and a half before the Tuesday group, and, and they come together, and they've been studying the Red Letter Challenge together. And what I love about this picture is there's two of them that are not believers in Jesus, that have been growing in what this means. One of them is a Buddhist, one of them is, uh, is a Muslim. And, and our prayer has been along the way, Jesus, have your way through your word. Knowing you can do anything, Jesus. I think it was at week number two, I had a young man in his 20s showed up at our office early on a Monday morning, and he was in tears. And I said, can I help you? What's, what's going on? He says, I, I, my name's... Ryan, I, I just want you to know I, I, I started worshiping here as part of the Red Letter Challenge. I've been reading it, and I, I can't be on the sidelines anymore. I want to know Jesus, and I want to be baptized. Never been baptized. He's new to the faith, and we are in process of scheduling a baptism. He's in our one class. This is part of what's been happening behind the scenes as we've been growing through this. And I pray you catch the vision of what God can do when God has his way, that we might be one as his people walking together. These are amazing days. And um, just to review where we've been, week number one, we grew in what it means to just simply be with Jesus and, and realizing uh, we, we don't come to a faith relationship by doing anything. It's not something we, we might knuckle our way and try to be good people and Jesus will love us. No, it's simply about being real and being present. And the one who comes among his people as the word made flesh, reveals himself through his word. There's no shortchanging the importance of having a devotional life that reflects on the word of God as we've been worshiping together, but also growing in his word daily. There's something about simply being with Jesus that equips us for all else. And part of what that makes us realize is that we are forgiven 
And week number two, we reflected on that. A God who forgives us, forgives us more than we could ever imagine and it would cost him his life as he'd go the way of the cross. Dying in our place, rising again, and in that forgiveness that we now share, how can we not then turn to the, those around us and forgive as we have first been forgiven, right? realizing we could never forgive someone more than we've already been forgiven? I think it was the week after that, um, you maybe saw the video that went viral and, and it was the courtroom where that police officer that had walked into the wrong apartment and shot the African-American man that lived underneath her apartment and um, whatever the circumstances was being sentenced and one of the family members, the victim's brother, in the courtroom in his final words uh, asked if he could walk over and embrace the woman who was being sent to jail, to prison. And in this powerful moment of him expressing the forgiveness of Jesus to this woman, a broken woman, for what she had done. Um, That's powerful. And the power of forgiveness, even when the world would say, well, that doesn't make any sense. He des- she deserves to go to jail. Justice aside, here's the forgiveness expressed in Jesus as we've been forgiven. Um, and then we went into the week on serving, and, and what an amazing thing it was. 548 people coming together intentionally to serve in Jesus' name as the hands and feet of the one who has first served us in a pack over 108,000 meals, enough to feed 300 children for a year. What an impact that event had as five-year-olds were serving alongside a 92-year-old as Jesus had his way among us. And just one example of what can happen when God's people serve. And then this past week, we learned about the fact that when we know Jesus, it's hard to be stingy, that God calls us to be generous, realizing everything we have is a gift on loan from Him, and He calls us to manage and steward what we've received and honor Him with our finances and all that we have. And, and what an opportunity that is when God opens our hands to realize this is not an area of holding on, but rather an area of letting go and seeing what God will do, and as God has His way even in that area of our lives. Well, this is all good stuff. And, and now we come to, to one, I think, that maybe for all of us, or for most of us, is maybe even the biggest challenge that we've faced yet in the five disciplines that Jesus speaks of throughout his, his word. And that is this, going. I, I don't think we disagree with it. it. I think we would say, yeah, it's important that God's people go out and, and share the love of Jesus. I don't think anybody would disagree with that, except when it becomes personal. What does that mean, and how does it apply in our own personal lives of what that looks like? Um, Jesus' command, the, the Great Commission from the last chapter of Matthew, it's also uh, our memory verse, that beginning part of that. It, let's read this together. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Um, there's an action in this. It's a matter of not just sitting there on your couch and saying, all right, I... Uh, Jesus, I agree with your great commission. No, there's, a, there's an action verb going on here. Go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't mean, oh, let's keep the doors of the church unlocked so people will come. No, there's a, an aspect of going out to where people are. Now, Jesus uh, said other things related to this. How about John 20, verse 21? Read this with me. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me I am sending you. Or how about Mark 16, verse 15? He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And then Luke 24, verse 47, 
and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You know, it's important here in understanding this and the, the totality of Scripture is we're not going out and, and just simply saying, hey, there, there's no such thing as truth. God loves you. Everything's fine. No, that's, that's not the message. The message is, yes, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. Because in our brokenness and the reality of our sin, there is a call to repent. There is a call to realize in our broken need we need a Savior. We need a rescuer who will meet us in that place and, and restore us. And a God who comes and does exactly that. That's the message of His grace and His forgiveness through the resurrection of a Savior who lives and shows His hands and His feet. And He says, I've paid the price your sin deserved. That's a message worth sharing. Now the deal is, though, I think for a lot of us, we agree that's a message worth sharing. And, and, and if it comes to, you know, living that out, well, being with Jesus, okay, I can do that. And, and dwelling on the forgiveness of Jesus and forgiving others, okay, may, that makes sense. And, and, and then uh, spending time serving, okay, yeah, I could, hands and feet of Jesus, I, I like to serve. And, and giving, okay, that's a little harder, but okay, yeah, okay, it all belongs to you, Lord. But then we get to this one, going, like, what, what, does, what does that mean, to go and, and share? There's a famous quote, uh, often uh, attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and, and it says this, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Um, that quote has been circulated for hundreds and hundreds of years, and uh, I think a lot of us like that, that quote because in many ways it kind of gets us off the hook. It's kind of like, okay, you know, I, I can serve, I can, I can be nice, I can be kind to people, and, and in so doing, uh, Jesus will be proclaimed and, and the gospel will be shared, and, and what God is saying is, and what Fran St. Francis is affirming is, just go out and be nice to people. Uh, who disagrees with that opportunity? I mean, why not? Let's go out and be nice. I mean, God hasn't called us to be crabby, grumpy people, and if you are, get over it, please. You're giving us a bad name, right? Now, God has called us to be out and share light and, and encouragement. And, and okay, it makes sense. Just go out and be, be nice. And the reality of that, though, is, um, is that completely preaching the gospel of Jesus? Now, I'm not disagreeing that it's possible through being a servant and being present for someone, we can share Jesus that way. But does that mean Jesus says, you don't ever have to say anything about me? I know a lot of nice people who have no clue who Jesus is. They, they just know what it is to be nice and kind. But they don't share Jesus. Um, and maybe this is part of the problem is, you know, we are, we are people that maybe don't know what to say or we're afraid we might say the wrong thing. Or it just seems weird talking about our faith and we're really uncomfortable about it and it puts butterflies in our stomach like, I don't... I don't know about that. This is not my thing. That's for pastors. That's what pastors do. All right. I want to show you a, a gift I received back on Father's Day. Um, I've been, uh, always thought, you know, in this modern world in which we live, and I, I listen to music a lot, listen to podcasts, and um, I've, I've been one, I use earbuds, you know, to just kind of be in my own world to hear things, and listen to things, and I've always just been annoyed by earbuds and ear, earphones that have wires attached to them. 
Um, if you're working out, trying to run, and you've got to put that cord somewhere and get it down your back, and it just it's never as comfortable, doesn't work, or if you're walking along and the cord gets stuck on something, and, and, and I knew these existed, and I started reading up about them. They're, they're the Apple AirPods, and there it is. It's already connected to my device wirelessly. These are amazing. Bluetooth technology, and, and it connects to an iPad or an iPhone or a phone, and, and and you can listen to things and without wires. And if you've ever seen people walking around, these aren't earrings, by the way. Um, they're earbuds to hear things. And these are amazing. And, and, you know, and they've changed my life. I, I listen to music more often. I'll even walk around the house with these. And, or uh, if my family's watching another program on TV, I don't want to watch it. And I want to watch something else. I'll, I'll pop these in and I'll listen to my own thing or watch my own thing. Um, and... And I, I, I didn't know this when I got them as a gift, but you can also use them to talk. And, and they work with the phone. I can make phone calls. I can say, hey, Siri. And, and oops, I better not do that. I'm going to. Um, and, and he can call my friends and call my family. And, and it, it, it's amazing. It picks up my voice as well as being able to hear. And when I got these, I would. I've been so excited. I mean, it's been months. I still tell people about them, and, and they'll see it, and they're like, hey, what are those? Tell me. Do you like them? I'm like, oh, let me tell you. These have changed my life. You know what? It's never weird to talk about something that's made a difference. Never weird. People's like, yeah, tell me more. Oh, I know that. That's really cool. You know that if you tap on it, you can actually move to the next song. You can adjust the volume just by tapping on your ear. Uh, or you can program it to do whatever you want. I mean, that's fascinating to me. And it's changed my life. And you might say, wow, you, your life is pretty devoid of a lot of stuff if that makes a difference. I'm telling you, it's made a difference for me. And I cannot help but speak about what I have seen and what I've heard. So why is it so hard to share the gospel when it comes to something else in our life that's easy to talk about? Jerry Seinfeld, the great philosopher, <laughs> Once said this, that, you know, surveys say again and again that people are deathly scared or afraid of public speaking. And as he has uh, wisely noted, he says a lot of people at a funeral would rather be in the casket than give the eulogy, right? We're afraid. We're afraid of speaking. And yet, when it's something that has changed our life, and it's natural to talk about, why wouldn't we? If it truly makes a difference, and not just for convenience of daily life, but how much more so something that changes eternity for someone that we would share it? You know, the early church, once the Holy Spirit comes, makes this declaration even in the face of persecution. I love Acts 4, verse 20, what it says. As for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. Do you hear that? We can't help it. It just comes. It just flows. We can't help about, but speak about Jesus because he's changed our life. Not weird, not strange, it's, it's life-changing. And we talk about that which changes our lives. And it's not a, a goofy thing, it's natural. And maybe we've put all these roadblocks in the way, or like we, we think it's weird to talk about Jesus, and the reality is, is it's not. It's natural, it's normal, and it's part of being a follower of Christ. I love what, what Peter says in 1 Peter 4, 11. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And some of you are already thinking, I don't think so. 
So you're saying when I speak, that's the words of God? Uh-uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, after all, I, I don't know enough theology. I haven't been trained in this. I, 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 I can't, I don't have an authority like that. That's for, again, that's for pastors, right? <laughs> Do you know that your story is ultimately God's story? Your story of redemption through sin and brokenness Maybe your story is battling an addiction in your past, and maybe it's an ongoing struggle for you. Maybe it's a broken marriage or a broken family relationship. Maybe, maybe for you it's a battle with an illness or a struggle with your health. Maybe for you it's, it's simply a witness of the faithfulness of God exemplified again and again and again in your life. You have a story. And that story, when shared in Jesus' name to someone who may not know it, in the course of a relationship that's been formed in a natural kind of way, this is the words of God being spoken through his people. That's the witness of the church. It's not us going out there and getting our hymnals out and reciting the Apostles' Creed to them and saying, now believe. Um, Not real effective, folks. God's called you to relationally connect where people are. And it's part of who we are. Just telling them how our lives have been changed and what God has done as a Savior who goes the way of death and rises again. Might be foolishness to the world, but I'll tell you what, it's the wisdom of God and it's the power of God that changes lives. Love what Zach Zender says through this challenge this week. He talks about this. He says, Jesus never invites us into a relationship where we understand him perfectly. Rather, he invites us into a relationship where we trust him him completely in other words God's not saying okay you need to know everything now get out there and tell everybody and you're saying well I I don't know everything so I guess I'm just going to sit on my couch no rather God says you have me and trust in me and lean into me and my power and my strength that's what God's word proclaims Acts 1 verse 8 That's what Jesus says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What's the power source here? Your wisdom, how intellectual you are, how brilliant you are. No, it's the power of God, the Holy Spirit, who brings people to faith, who you received in your baptism as a child of God, the Holy Spirit that is alive and well. The Holy Spirit is the power source that enables this to happen. I didn't tell you this, but what's awesome about these things is they come with this neat little, little thing, and it's uh, not only a carrying case, it's actually a charger. And, and this thing, if you plug it in, it gets power all lined up in that, and there's like 10 hours of power in there, and then the uh, AirPods themselves have five hours of power, but when they run out, you just put them right back in the charger, and these things get amped up to go again, and I love it because there's a little light on there, and if they're needing power, it's yellow, which means slow down, but when it's green, it means go. It means they're ready. And you know, God has given you the go sign. It's the power source of the Holy Spirit in your life, and and guess what? It's portable. It goes with you wherever you go, that you might speak about what you've seen and what you've heard. It's changed your life. How can you not tell somebody about it? Or as Jesus says it this way, in Matthew 10, verse 19 and 20, he says, Therefore do not worry about what to say or how to say it, for at the time you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Pretty amazing, isn't it? That he's the power source 
He's the source of what to say. I mean, why would we get in the way of that? And a God who invites us to be used by him to change lives as we tell our story, which is really his story. Some of you know Helga Olson. Some of you know Del Mallinson. Um, they live at Waltonwood, an assisted living facility here in town. And they're part of our church. And, and uh, some years ago, they had started a Bible study in, in, uh, at Waltonwood that they get together, a few ladies and studying God's word. And uh, with that, also by living there, they've been de- developing some friendships and relationships just by nature with neighbors and friends. You, you do that. It's just part of who we are. And if you ask Del, she said, well, I'm, I'm really not a spokesman for God. I, I couldn't necessarily teach a Bible study, but yet here she is facilitating the study of God's Word. And some months ago, one of their friends who lived at Waltonwood, they invited her to come after they'd been naturally forming a relationship with her. Her name's Linda. And the thing is, is Linda, her entire life has been Jewish. Waiting on a Messiah, you know, or it's more of her tradition as a family, but the idea of having a relationship with Jesus and a faith relationship, not, no, not at all. And it's not part of her family history. It's not part of any of that. And, and yet, through a formed friendship, they invited her to, to come to this little Bible study. And guess what happened? Jesus had his way. And the Word of God made an impact in her life, so much so as she started worshiping with us in recent months, and then it happened just a few weeks ago, this picture. Whoop, back there. That moment as she was here that day to be baptized. Um, I don't know if you can notice, but she's not 29 years old. And, and she's also not a baby. And she made a joke about, Pastor, do you have to pick me up in your arms when we do this, right? Um, and, and the amazing thing is, is she was baptized that day, and now in the next picture, you've, you've got... You got Del, whose face is behind the cross, which actually, that's beautiful in, in many ways because I know she would not want this attention. And you've got Helga Olson, and, and there they are as her sponsors. And, and we started the baptism, and if you were at that 11 o'clock service that day, I kind of underestimated how long it would take a dear woman in a walker to get up there um, for the baptism. But yet this beautiful moment of walking up together, being present for what Jesus is doing in the life of a friend, as only Jesus can. And the witness that comes by sharing that relationally. And as Linda was baptized that day, we asked her, do you want to be baptized? And she shouted it out, yes! And there was applause. Such is the joy that comes in knowing Jesus. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. What gets in the way of us sharing our faith? It's never too late for anybody to know the love of Jesus and it happens as God has his way in our lives and in impacting our community. Maybe it's somebody across your cul-de-sac and you can walk faster because you don't have a walker. Go walk over there when they're taking their trash out. Start talking and forming those relationships. Maybe it's somebody in a cubicle at the office you work at. Maybe it's, it's somebody in your golf league. Who is God calling us to speak about what we have seen and what we have heard? One final verse I want to show you from Revelation. Revelation 12, verse 11, and the context here is you've got all of God's people, people of every tribe, nation, and and tongue gathered around the throne, and you have this context of now evil has been overcome in this world, and and it's a new day as eternity is on, 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 has happened, and, and God has made it happen, and this is what God's word says, they triumphed over him, that is the evil one, by the blood of the Lamb, because Jesus conquers the grave through his blood shed on a cross. 
Absolutely. Essence of the gospel. But it goes on. And by the word of their, say it, testimony. Doesn't mean we've conquered by our testimony. No, it means because God's people, a natural part of that is we share it. And God prevails in a world as the gospel goes out through people like you and me. And it's his power, and it's his strength, and it's his saving. And man, does he delight in his people who share. May we give thanks to God for that opportunity today to go in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we pray you lead us in going and opening our hearts, our, our, our minds. But even more than that, opening our mouths to speak of what you have done in our lives. How can we not speak about that when you've changed our lives and you transformed us for eternity? Help us to see and help us to share by your power in Jesus' name. Amen.